All right, good morning. Welcome to Bible Study Live. It is Tuesday, July 19th, and uh, I am so grateful uh, to be doing Bible Study Live with you this morning. Now, today we're going to talk about, is there a wrong way to pray? Now, <clears throat> when it comes to prayer, people have different thought processes on what it is. But let's just start by answering the question, what is prayer? Like, what is prayer for? What is prayer all about? Like, why do you pray? Why would you pray? What is it? Well, first things first, prayer is a conversation with God. Prayer is a conversation with our Heavenly Father. Prayer is a way to connect with Him. Think of it like this. I'm a dad. I've got uh, three kids of my own. Uh, Dara has four. So between us, we have seven. We're kind of like, man, we're bigger than the Brady Bunch. Think about it. Holy cow. Um so we got, we got lots of kids <laughs> between the two of us, but I love when my kids just call, uh, to say, Hey dad, just wanted to call you. Like it's, it's rare by the way, uh, that they just go, Hey, just wanted to say hi. Just want to tell you, I love you. Um, cause they got their own lives now, right? They're adults. They're busy. They're, they, they've got something, you know, we've got grandchildren. So, um, but our, but our kids, uh, I mean, I love it when they just call to talk. So prayer, let's talk about this for a minute. Prayer is a, it's a conversation with God. Uh, it's, it's having an opportunity to commune with God. I'm sorry. I'm kind of trying to move the uh, iPhone out of the way. Cause it was, it was over wonking out a little bit. Um, but prayer is an opportunity for us to have a conversation with our heavenly father. So it's not uh, something that's gotta be like mystical in how we approach God. There is actually a wrong way to pray. Now, I've heard people, and, and this, by the way, is not like, oh, you got to pray in tongues or you gotta, none of that stuff. Um, when I say there's a wrong way to pray, I mean, Jesus actually says in the Bible how not to pray. And so that's what we're going to uh, take a quick peek at this morning is we're going to look at what did Jesus say was the wrong way to pray. So. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and share my screen with you, and uh, let's dig in. All right, so I'm reading from the message. Oh, yeah, gosh, I hate when I forget to do this. Uh, first things first, <laughs> the whole purpose of Bible Study Live is to wrestle with the Bible out loud. These are things I'm reading through, wrestling with, things like that. It's not uh, it's not church. I'm not doing a real teaching, for example, but I will say this. Um, the idea is to create conversation without condemnation. And the conversation doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be between you and me, right? This might be something for a great conversation between you, your family, your small group, your friends. But here's the deal. Uh, we're not going to always agree on everything that I wrestle with here, and that's okay. But we're not going to argue about it. Now, translation-wise, today I'm reading from the message. Um, it's got an interesting uh, paraphrase on the Lord's Prayer. But also, I think Eugene Peterson, who is a multi-decade biblical scholar, He's the one that paraphrased the um, the Message Bible, but I believe he does an amazing job of capturing the heart of Scripture, um, and uh, and so I really like how the Message reads. So that's what I'm going to be reading from this morning. Now, if you're using the NIV, the NLT, New King James, any of that, those are all good translations. So it's okay if you're reading from a different one. That the meaning is the same. So, anyways, back. To the Bible. <clears throat> okay, so Matthew chapter 6, we're going to read verses 5 through for, uh, 13. And this is Jesus speaking. And when you come before God, 
don't turn that into a theatrical production either. All these people making a regular show out of their prayers, hoping for 15 minutes of fame. Do you think God sits in a box seat? Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God, and you'll begin to sense his grace. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you're dealing with, and he knows better than you what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply like this. Our Father in heaven, reveal who you are. Set the world right. Do what's best as above, so below. Keep us alive with three square meals. Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. You're in charge. You can do anything you want. You're a blaze in beauty. Yes, yes, yes. Now you might say, I've never heard that prayer. Well, that would be because that's from the message paraphrase. But I'm going to flip the script over to the NLT, and I'm going to just uh, read through it again really quick so that you can see the differences, but you'll see that the meaning is the same. <clears throat> so in the NLT, it says this, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in synagogues where everyone can see them. Hence the theatrical show part in the message. I tell you the truth, that's all the reward they'll ever get. Let's pause right there. So if you're, whatever scripture um, version you're reading from, you've probably seen that. That's all the reward they'll ever get. What does that mean? Does that mean they're not going to go to heaven? Does it mean they're not saved if, they, if they're out there praying in public, if somebody prays out loud? That's not what it means. But let me explain a little bit. Let me give a little bit of depth and context to this. So um, when my children were growing up, I was uh, the youth pastor at a church plant. A very started small and then grew up to about four or 500 people. Um, but I had the privilege and honor of leading our middle school and high school students. And, um, and we talked a lot about prayer and stuff in our house. And um, my oldest son, uh, Colin, uh, one of the things I never realized I did, but like, to me, prayer, prayer, when I read the scripture verse about like, you know, when you pray, don't, don't do it out in the open to, you know, where others would, you know, where it would attract attention. I was very, like, I would pray for other people and with other people, but it was very much a like, hey, it's us and God, you know? So it wasn't like, you know, let's go out in a restaurant and then let's pray real loud so everybody hears because maybe somebody will hear and go, oh, yeah, you're praying. Um, but it was more like, hey, you know, we're going, to, let's go talk to dad together, right? Like this is, this is a, this is a private conversation, right? And so apparently I had instilled that so heavily that like in my son's adult life, he's like, yeah, I don't, I don't pray out loud in front of anyone uh, because, because you're not supposed to do that. And I'm like, well, I mean, you can, but the whole purpose, I think when we, when we read this and this is the scripture part, when it says, when you pray, don't be like the, the hypocrites who love to pray publicly in the street corners and the synagogues where everybody can see them. So starting there, what it, what it really, what we see Jesus saying is, look, what's the purpose of your prayer? Are you having a conversation with your father? Or are you praying so other people will see you praying, right? This kind of stuff drives me nuts. Like when, when, when I go to like prayer nights and I see people and they're like, you know, 
making sure to pray out loud or they're praying in tongues and all this stuff so that, you know, it's like, for what? Like, if you're talking to God, if you're not praying with someone specifically, right? If you're praying with someone specifically, you pray out loud, um, you know, so you can join together in prayer, right? You can hear, they can hear what you're saying, so you can have agreement in prayer. But if you're just walking around praying loud for everybody to hear, whose attention are you really trying to get? Do you think God needs you to be out loud for to be able to hear you? He doesn't. And if you're, you know, oh, I like to pray in tongues. Well, that's great what you like, but Paul talks about that a little bit in uh, the Corinthians letter. Um, and the reality is, even if you were, which... I don't align theologically on tongues of angels. I think Acts chapter two makes it very clear what tongues are, which is, you know, bridging a language barrier to be able to share the gospel with somebody, but <clears throat> whole different episode. But if you're, if you're somebody who believes in you know, tongues of angels and praying, you know, in, in unknown languages, then nobody who, <laughs> nobody else is going to understand what you're saying anyway. So why would you need to do that out loud in public? Right. So I think Jesus is sharing this because there are people that are out there that are like, oh, God. Right. Because they want the attention. So the, it seems like the first lesson Jesus teaches us about prayer and the wrong way to pray is if our heart is not to have a conversation with God. But if our heart is to say, look at me praying. Right. Look at me. Look at me is a selfish motive. So wrong way to pray. Praying with the intention of wanting other people to hear us pray. Right. Um, he says now he says. After he says, don't be like the hypocrites who pray publicly so that everyone can hear them. He says this, I tell you the truth. That is all the reward they'll ever get. Now, I've heard some people go like, oh, so if you do this, you know, you're, you're praying away your salvation or you're, you're, man, you're out there praying. You're, you're causing a problem with you and God. I don't, I don't, from the original language and from even the English language, it doesn't seem like that's the context Jesus is framing this in. It does seem like Jesus is saying, look, when you're praying and you're asking your heavenly father for something, right? If you want something from God, right? We're told in the scriptures, be bold, go ask your father, right? He's your dad. If you give good gifts to your kids, how much better are the gifts he's going to give, right? So if you're asking for something, but if you go doing it all loud, like look at me and look how righteously I'm praying, everyone, the attention you're getting is, is going to be the answer to your prayer. It seems like is what Jesus is saying. Oh, you want, you want something when you're praying? Well, it seems like what you really want is attention. So ta-da, you got it. So that's what you really wanted. So God doesn't need to answer the thing you're saying. That's what it seems like when we read it in context. Don't be like the hypocrites who pray so that they'll be seen. It says, for the, I tell you the truth, that's all the reward they're ever going to get. Okay, let's continue. He says, now he says, but here's the right way to pray. Okay, so he says, when you pray, don't, so here's the wrong way, right? Don't do this stuff. And then he says, but when you pray, here's the do. When you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your father. What does he say? In private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. Now, let's be clear. doesn't mean you can't pray with other people. doesn't mean you can't pray out loud with people. doesn't mean you can't go to a prayer service and pray, but it's, it's, it seems like what Jesus is saying is be mindful of the purpose of your prayer. Remember, the purpose is to commune with 
to have community with, to connect with your Father in heaven. If that's truly your purpose, it doesn't have to be out loud. It doesn't have to be so others hear you. Now, set that aside. There are going to be times where you're praying with someone, right? Where you're saying, let's pray together so we can join together in agreement in prayer with God, right? Like, and that would be a time, obviously, where you're going to pray out loud together, right? But it's not about the number of words we use or babbling on, which we're about to go into. Uh, it's, it's about conversation with your father. L listen, think of it this way. <clears throat> Let's say you and your sibling, you know, you're in need of something. Maybe you've got a, a friend who's hurting and they need some help, right? Let's say you got a friend who's struggling, right? Maybe their parents, think about being a kid, right? Maybe one of your friend's parents lost their jobs and you know that they're struggling to put food on the table and you, <clears throat> you and your, your brother or your sister and you, you go to your parents and you say, hey, little Jimmy's dad, lost his job and, and his mom is a stay-at-home mom and they're they're really struggling financially they're hurting and so let's say you're going to your your dad and you say dad man can we get him some groceries can we do something nice to take care of him right but you'd approach your parent and you'd say can i, I need you to help me help them now that is similar to praying together going to somebody and saying hey there's this person Who's, who's hurting, they're struggling, whatever. Obviously, if they're hurting, they need groceries. The, the thought would be, hey, let's go let's go do a meal train. Let's go provide them groceries. But I mean, like, let's say it's something else. They've got someone sick in their family or whatever. You and your brother in Christ, you and your sister in Christ, you get together and you go, hey, let's go to God together in prayer and ask him for healing, right? So think of it kind of like that. When you're praying with someone else, you're going to dad together to say, dad, we're joined together to ask for help here. You know, please bring your healing. Please bring your help. So it's going to God doesn't have to be some weird spacey prayer like, oh, Heavenly Father, oh, Lordy, Lordy, oh, bibbity bops. It's, it's not like that. It's, it's, God, I need you. And the scriptures even go on to say, when we don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit does it for us. It says with sighs and groaning, which doesn't mean babbling on like a stream. It could mean, I don't know what to pray, God, but you know what I need. And Holy Spirit will go to work. Holy Spirit will commune with God. But let's continue because there's more don'ts. So how don't we pray? Well, when you pray, don't babble on as the Gentiles do. Why would he say as the Gentiles do? Let's pause for a call. Well, let's read the next one, then we'll break it down. When you pray, don't babble on like the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating words again and again. Don't be like them. So what did he mean? Well, they would have like ritualistic prayer, right? They were um, very polytheistic back then. So Gentiles, Greek, Roman, right? The Romans, they, they believed in multiple gods. But they would like have this ritualistic prayer where they'd just be like, you know, repeating stuff over and over and over and over. As if, if we say it the right way, the right number of times, the gods will answer us. And Jesus is saying, don't do that. That's wrong. You don't need to do that. God's not a cosmic vending machine where if you put enough prayer quarters in, <laughs> your, you know, out pops, out pops your ring pop. No, it's not like that. With God... We go to God and we say, God, 
we acknowledge him. And Jesus gives us kind of a model with, uh, I believe it's called the Moda'ani, the, the prayer that we call the Lord's Prayer. But um, Jesus gives us a model for how to pray. But when we pray, we don't need real ritualistic words. We don't need to repeat phrases over and over. Um, we're, we're not trying to, as Pastor Eddie said Sunday, we're not trying to grab a tribe of people to gang up on God. Prayer is not about, I love this, Pastor Eddie said this Sunday, he said, prayer is not about trying to convince God to do something he doesn't want to do. God wants to take care of his children. Prayer is acknowledging God's ability to do anything and asking him boldly to care for you as your father. It's not about convincing him to do something he doesn't want. It's about acknowledging the fact that, you know, he does want to care for you and he loves you and coming to him and asking him to continue that promise. It's a conversation with your dad in heaven, your heavenly father, not your dad in heaven. If your dad's dead, like mine, I mean like your heavenly father. Okay. So when Jesus says, don't babble on like the Gentiles do, he's saying there's not a prayer formula. There's not a magic babble. There's not some super secret language only between you and God that you got to use. There's not a, a, a cosmic vending machine that you put enough prayers in, you get what you want out. Prayer is not like that. Instead, Jesus says, he says, and, and people who think like that, he referenced the Gentiles because that's how they were known to pray. And technically we're, we're all Gentiles, right? If you're not Jewish. If you're not part of the Hebrew culture, you're a Gentile, a non-Jew. So he says they think their prayers are answered by merely repeating their words again and again. Do, don't be like them. He says this, why don't we want to be like them? Here's why. For your heavenly father knows exactly what you need before you ask him. Now, that could cause you to go, well, then why pray in the first place? Then, If he already knows what I need, why do I have to ask him? And that's a good question, but think... I think of it like this. <clears throat> I know I've, my kids are adults. And, you know, as a parent, even when they were little, as a parent, when you look at your kids, you're going, okay, I know, I know that they need a certain thing. Now, I'm not talking about like food and clothing, right? Like you're going to feed and clothe your child. But I mean, let's say your kid wants to play sports, right? They want to play baseball. And, uh, and you think, hey, it'd be a good idea for them too. But sometimes we want to teach our children the discipline of, of knowing, look, if you want something, you need to ask for it, right? You can't just sit there and expect people to just come around and just start giving you stuff in the hopes that one of the things is the thing you need or the thing you want, right? Like if, if my child wants to play a sport in school, they need to say, hey, dad, I want to play baseball. And then I say, that's a great idea. Awesome. Or, hey, dad, I want to do the equestrian team. Man, that's awesome. Let's do it, right? Similarly, <laughs> God knows what we need. He knows what we want. But he still wants us to come talk to him about it and say, hey, dad, I need this. And so Jesus gives us a model. He says, how do we do it? Well, he says this, pray like this. And this is uh, the New Living Translation now. Uh, it was the message I read it from a minute ago. Um, but captures the same, same meaning. The NLT says this, our father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we 
have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. You may have heard in church, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, lead us not into temptation, uh, and forgive us, uh, or, well, sorry, forgive us our sins as we, or forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, for thine is the kingdom, the power, the glory, now and forever. Amen. You may have heard it that way, depending on if you went to a Lutheran church, Catholic church, whatever. Um, the whole point, and I was taught this a long time ago, that the model for prayer was to use the word acts, A-C-T-S, and it was uh, taken from this, the Lord's Prayer, um, this model was, and it was adoration, right? Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy, right? May your kingdom, so it was this, uh, when you pray, first you, you come to God with adoration, and the Acts model took the pieces of the Lord's Prayer, but rearranged them. So it was first, you, you go to God and you, you praise God, you give him adoration, and then it was confession, right? The forgive me of my sins, that stuff. And then it was Thanksgiving, right? God, you know, thank you for doing this for me. Thank you for doing that for me. Thank you for all this. And then supplication, which means asking for what you want. Now, I thought that was a great model back in the day. But he, now that when I read the scripture, what I realize is it was just another version of a ritualistic prayer. It's almost like, well, if I can trick God by telling him how great he is and then telling him how bad I am, uh, and then telling him thanks for the stuff he's done for me. Well, then maybe I could trick him into answering the thing I want at the end. Oh, why do we as human beings try and complicate the things of God so much? Trying to understand God. A God we can't understand is already complicated enough, right? So as I get ready to wrap this up, I want to encourage you to think of prayer this way. When Jesus was asked what was the most important commandment, what did he say? Well, that's easy. What's the uh, Shema? Love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Right? So love love God with everything you have. He said in the second, that's pretty close, is love your neighbor as yourself. He said all the law and the prophets hang off of these two things. So when we think of prayer, perhaps as we go into prayer, ask ourselves this. How is my prayer life loving God? And how am I using my prayer life to love others, right? When you pray, do you spend most of your time saying, God, I need this, I need that, I need this, I'm, you could get with this, you could get with that. Is prayer, are we going to God going, it's all about me, it's all about me, it's all about me? Or am I going to prayer going, Dad, I love you. I just want to spend time with you. Because you're so good to me because you love me so much, because here I am alive. I have enough food to make it through the day. I have clothes on my back. I have a roof over my head, God. Thank you. Like, am I going to God, loving God? And in my prayers, am I loving others? You have people in your life, you know they have needs. And maybe they don't know God. Maybe knowing him is one of their needs. Are we going to God, loving him? And are we going to God with a love for others? God, so-and-so really needs you right now and they don't know you but they still need your help and they're your children too god can you you're not god's not obligated right god promises to take care of his people and while 
all of us are created as people. God promises to take care of those who are following him. Scriptures tell us, right? But, but there are people who don't know God. And man, can we be praying for them to know him, to realize how much he loves them, right? How many people are hurting in this world? They don't know. It's funny, my wife and I talk about this, but it's like a lot of times, but you know, in the, in the seasons where I didn't know God or I wasn't walking with God, it's very easy for us to forget that the creator of the universe loves you, like loves you the way a perfect, proper father loves their children. Some people have a hard time relating because we use anthropomorphic language in the scriptures, right? We, we humanize God, anthropomorphic language. Like, you know, we use language to, to help put the description of God in human language. And so like, we will say like in Genesis, God walked in the garden with Adam. Did he manifest himself into a physical form or was his presence there and Adam could feel it? Right. But when we say things like heavenly father, well, we know God doesn't have a, a, a wiener, right? He's not a physically a dude there's no gender there um but that's anthropomorphic language and of course yes when it was written uh you know obviously uh, men were at the forefront so i'm not saying god's a woman no god is god god is god he's omnipresent so he's everywhere he's omniscient he knows everything and god doesn't have lady bits or man bits but but god is referred to as a father because especially in those times, a father was the protector and the provider, right? And mom really also protected and provided. If we're being honest, right? Mothers do that. They did it then and they do it now. But the thought process uh, in the days where the scriptures were written were, you know, as, as a man would, would go out and hunt and gather and protect and provide, right? And so think the, the protector of the family, so in using the, the language of a heavenly father was to paint the picture. He is the provider. He is the protector, right? Uh, he does what it takes to make sure his family is cared for, right? So, so we use a humanizing language to try and describe a God who transcends all of it. And that being said, the word father, for some people, it makes it hard for them to connect with God because they go, but I didn't have a good father. I had a father who abused me. Maybe somebody, go, you know, maybe they've had a father who sexually assaulted them. Maybe they had a father who abandoned them. Maybe they had a father who they saw beat their mother. So when they, sometimes people have a hard time when they think father, they're like, oh, well, if God's like father, if God's like my father. No, 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 no. That is the perfect representation of what a father should be. Loving protecting, providing, putting his family first. That's the God we, we worship. That's the God we serve. That's the God we love, but not because we chose to love him first. That's the God we love because he loved us first. Before we were conceived, God loved us. That's powerful. So as we enter into prayer, we don't need to try and trick him into doing something he doesn't want. As Pastor Eddie said, prayer is not trying to get God to do what we want and trick him into it. Prayer is seeking the counsel of our dad, spending time with our dad. Prayer is going to him. And, you know, you ever realize when somebody can't, comes and like they ask you for something in, in their time of need, 
and you're and you're able to provide it for them. You realize how how good that feels, right? It's like I'm so grateful that someone, like when somebody asks me to pray for them or for their child, I'm like, wow, like that that shows like, wow, they trust me enough to do that. They believe I will I will take the time to do that. They they know that I care enough about them to do that. That brings my heart so much joy to know that that when someone asks me to 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 align with them in prayer for for you know a loved one or a friend or family member or something that they that they trust me to to join with them in that. And when we go to God in prayer our Heavenly Father sees that we appreciate Him. And we appreciate that He sees that, we, that we're acknowledging we can trust Him. That He loves us. That He wants to come through for us. Imagine how that must please God. Friends, there is no pattern to a perfect prayer. Jesus gave us the what we call the lord's prayer uh showing an example of like here's here's how to talk to god but can i let you in on a little secret he he, that wasn't a new prayer like he wasn't revealing to his disciples a secret prayer that they never knew this was the prayer they had been taught their whole life that this is a prayer this is how you pray he was reminding them oh you want to know how to pray well, here's how. Here's how. Just go to your father. Acknowledge how wonderful he is. Ask him to help keep you on the right path. Right? Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who say. Basically, help me, help me to treat others the way that I want to be treated. <laughs> help me to be a forgiver like you, Dad. Show me the path, Dad. This wasn't a new prayer. There was, however, something Jesus added to this prayer. This prayer that they had been taught their whole life didn't include forgive our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. See, in the in the Jewish community, it's up to God. Like God is the ultimate forgiver, right? When you sin against someone, you're sinning against God. It's his forgiveness you need that matters. So in this prayer that Jesus taught them, uh, the guys from the Bema podcast, Marty Solomon had brought this up, which I was... Uh, unaware of but in in the in the hebrew community that prayer did not include forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us that was something jesus added to show people look god doesn't just want god god wants you to partner with him in living like him right you're a reflection of god so you also need to make it a priority to to reconcile relationships so that part about forgiving us as we forgive those kind of goes hand in hand with Jesus saying, if you want to be in other parts of scripture, right? Forgive others so that you will be forgiven. Or, uh, you know, basically the, the, what you used to measure someone else is what you will be measured with. If you notice there are a number of times in Jesus ministry where he points out the importance of reconciliation. If you're about to make your offering and you believe your brother has a problem with you set aside your offering and go get it resolved and then come back and make your sacrifice to God why would Jesus say all that stuff why would he teach us to pray this way if we just step back for a moment it seems to be like 
It's because we get a reminder. God doesn't need our participation. Some people might go, well, that's kind of harsh. That makes me sad. No, no, no. This should make you happy. God needs nothing from us. God wants everything from us. See, God, he doesn't need you to sustain. He doesn't need me to sustain. He doesn't need us. He actually wants to spend time with us. He actually has a desire for us. Think of that in a relationship. Think of it in a spousal relationship, right? If, if your spouse is only with you because they need you to provide for them, but they don't really love you or want to be with you, that'd be heartbreaking, wouldn't it? That wouldn't feel like a good relationship. See, but God takes it to the ultimate to go, look, I have everything I want because I create everything with a word. But you know what I want? I want you to want me too. So, is there a wrong way to pray? Yeah. The first wrong way, Jesus says, is when prayer is about you. Only you. It's selfish. Now, that does not mean, it, you know, if you're sick and you go to God and say, God, I need your healing, that you're being selfish. No, 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 no. Jesus first says, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray to be seen, right? If it's all about look at me, that's a wrong way to pray. The reward you'll get is the attention you asked for. So instead... Get our hearts right and let's go to God. The second thing he says don't do is these long, lengthy, babbling prayers. Thinking that the more words you use or the fancy church speak is going to get God to work. He's not a vending machine. There's no secret passcode. He's not the great Belenko for you. <laughs> Same clown posse people. He's not the, the, the little genie in the machine in the movie Big. God is your dad. He wants a conversation. So there's no need to babble and say crazy words, or make weirdo sounds. We don't need any of that. We just need to talk to him the way we would. Our perfect dad. So, I think the appropriate thing to do is to just wrap up today's Bible study live with prayer. So, join me in it. God, thanks for these people. Thanks for loving us. And thanks for showing us how to pray. Draw us closer to you. We love you. Amen. Thanks for joining me this morning. You guys rock. Uh, if you thought this was valuable, please share it. If you didn't, no need. Uh, if you need some prayer, feel free to drop me a message on whatever platform you're watching this on. If there's something that my wife and I could be praying for you about, we will. If you need a Bible, well, if you got technology, you could download the Bible app. It's a really good one. Uh, it's got a whole bunch of different translations. Uh, I, If you're just getting started out, I recommend the message. I love that paraphrase. It's considered a translation these days. I love that Eugene Peterson has put the Bible in language that that makes sense. It's beautiful. Um, the NLT is also a great version. If you're a nerd like me who loves to know, like, what made the translators translate the language they did, check out the New English translation. Um, it puts translator notes in there. Pretty doggone cool. But if you need a physical Bible, maybe you're watching this at the library or something or borrowing a friend's computer and you say, man, I need a Bible. If you live in the States... My wife and I will we'll buy one for you and send it to you on Amazon. <clears throat> you can message me and uh, just give me your name and address and phone number for tracking, and we'll put it in Amazon, and we'll ship a Bible out to you free of charge, no strings attached. You don't have to, like, join some cult to get it or whatever. Uh, you don't have to join the church we're part of or any of that stuff, but we would love to provide you the Bible. If you need one, totally our expense. We just want